Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard, and I'm joined by Manic Amuse. Oh, wow. Were you? What were you being? A cartoon, I think. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were being underwater or... Oh, that was... You want me to do yes, underwater? Yes, try okay. that. That was pretty good. Thank you. It really did sound like you were underwater. I practice with this book. Do you want a donut? You know that one? Oh, a kid's book. Yeah, Mr. Panda. He offers donuts to everyone. Sure. And everyone has terrible manners. Oh. So he asks some critter, and the critter says, yeah, give me six. And oh. he goes, no. And this is my voice for Mr. Panda. No, you may not have a donut. But then he talks to a whale and he says, Mr. Whale, would you like a donut? And the whale says, (laughs) 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 And then he finally comes across a really cute raccoon. I think it's a raccoon. And he goes, "Mm, Yes, please. Can I have some donuts? And Mr. Panda goes, You can have. No, (laughs) mixing up my characters. You can have all of them. I don't like donuts. Wow. He was just waiting for please. Sure, of course. Please, please Mr. Panda. Yeah, he goes, Panda. please, Mr. Panda. The yeah. other critter. Listen, I know it's an intro. We got to keep well, this brief. Well, it's turned into a fact check. Well, yeah, because <laughs> what I want, I want you to just give a teeny bit of Michael. Poor Michael. He is a baby tiger. He was like two years old. Yeah. I feel a little sick because I went behind this sushi restaurant ate all the fish out of the dumpster and then I was throwing up everywhere. <laughs> Michael, you shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll just have some sips out of this puddle next to this toilet. <laughs> yeah, Michael always found himself in some really disgusting Listeria, situations. E. coli. He had everything. He'd eat and drink anything, <laughs> poor Michael. He just didn't know better because he was a baby tiger. Oh my God. Another baby tiger we all love, no, is Zoe Deschanel. Mm. She is an actor and an incredible musician. I don't know where to start. New Girl, 500 Days of Summer, Elf, Yes Man, Almost Famous. My goodness. She has a new podcast out called Welcome to Our Show on iHeartRadio. She hosts it with Hannah, Simone, and of course, um, what would we call this? Uh, Alma Mater? No. Uh, oh. Um, uh, Lamorne. Yeah, a uh, previous guest. Previous guest. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Anyways, they talk a ton about New Girl. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. You'll love it. Please enjoy Zoe Deschanel. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana, that's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan, happily yes. 
A day of sunshine, no. A box of fine wines, yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. He's an neighborhood i grew up in there wasn't a ton of renovations going on so. <laughs> there weren't <laughs> no there were not <laughs> not a lot of hgtv fans there was just a lot of rot going on you yeah. know they, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you let it rot until it's like so bad you gotta fix it this right? is a big ding 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 because your partner <laughs> is a home renovator yes Big time. Okay, That's so true. very I did, popular. I did not know that, but I learned that this you morning. It up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you did yeah. his research. You Wikipedia. Yeah, there's some things I didn't know about you, and that was one of the things that was exciting. And there's no way you'll know these kids, but I'm just gonna yeah, say in hopes me. that you do. Okay. So you know the actor Erica Christensen? Of course, yeah. Do you know she has two twin brothers that are younger than her? No, uh-uh. It is the freakiest fucking thing. <laughs> it's them. I mean, it is, it's them oh, wow. separated by however many years they're separated by, but it is fucking freaky. The, by the so way, they're funny. gorgeous and they're huge. <laughs> Fuck, are they good looking. BTS behind the scenes. So um, when you walked in, you, you flattered us by telling us that Mary Jo, your mother, is an arm cherry, which came yep. as a huge surprise and a great delight. She loves it so much. I was like, I'm doing this show, Armchair Expert. And she's like, well, that's my favorite show. <laughs> she's like, I've heard every episode until they disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, mom, they moved to Spotify. My mom's listened to every episode. She loves it. She loves both you guys, knows all about you. She's like, he's from Michigan. <laughs> oh, is yeah. your mom from Michigan? She's from Ohio, but her grandfather's from Michigan. She's like, oh. her mom was born in Michigan. And did Meriwether ever have contact with her over the years? They definitely met, but okay. they weren't, they didn't spend like a ton of time Because she's a Michigander as well. I know. She's mm. from Ann Arbor. Mm, Home that's of a U of fancy M. part. Yeah. And then her father was, I believe, like the editor of the Detroit yes. Free Press or something. Something really impressive. Yes. Yeah. Very impressive family. And her mom once made me ginger snaps. So that Fuck. was cool. I was like, these are amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it. And they were like famous ginger snaps. Were they brought to set? Like, hey, my mom wanted you to have these. What was the, Was there a ceremony? Was it ritualized? So if I recall correctly, Liz's brother did a Kickstarter for a project he was doing and mm -hmm. I supported it and I was looking at the levels of support. Yep, yep, And yep. one of the, <laughs> and I chose like the second highest level because it included ginger snaps. <laughs> Perfect. They followed so, through. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I need to really quickly say, if we're saying Meriwether, that is the creator of New Girl, as well as Bless This Mess, which is why we both know Liz Meriwether, who's- A genius. Hyper-talented, yes. hyper-genius. Can we go back to Ginger Snaps for just two yeah. seconds? My son's well, favorite cookie. Okay. He's four. See- He's it, obsessed with it's them. It's not an appealing cookie to me. Bear with us. Your mother would know that Monica's the cookie monster. She was once in trouble at school for yeah. stealing someone's I cookies. I love cookies. Cookies are my number one favorite. They oh. are? And I like salty better than sweet. Same, same. But if I'm going to do a dessert, I'm like cookie. So my birthday, which was on well, uh, Monday, 17th. I had a cookie cake. Yeah. It was a chocolate chip cookie cake with frosting on the top. 
I love a cookie cake. Yeah. And also I had a cookie birthday this year. Everyone brought cookies from their favorite place. So we had an array. What's your favorite cookie? Levain's chocolate chip walnut cookie in New York. So specific, right? Very so specific. A true connoisseur. That's true right. connoisseur. What I did is I just in a panic, one of my weakest qualities is gift giving. So the way I handled that is I just threw money at the problem. So Monica had her birthday and I was just kind of going through Postmates, just any place I could find cookies. <laughs> Let's get six of those over here. Let's get nine of those. So by the end of the day, there were probably so three or 400 cookies. cookies at the house. <laughs> I would say as a Capricorn, we're improvers, right? I think that was a really, really good move. Yeah. But the one thing I would do to improve that would make it cookie of the month. You know, because if you get them all at once, they yeah, get stale. It's, it's too much. But if you get 12 at a time, yeah. ooh, you can stretch those cookies. But I guess you can freeze if you have a very big freezer. Yeah, and Do it's you? not the same. And I don't. Yeah. She's building yeah. the house across the street from us, but it's going to be a couple years before she's right. Before in. my freezer can hold all my cookies. That's right. She's in an apartment fridge right now, yeah. which really hinders her cookie obsession. That's the dream, to live on like a cul-de-sac with your cookie family, fridge. your <laughs> cookie fridge, your pals. Well, I mean, can you imagine walking across the street to work in the morning? I mean, I, I have it even better. I walk over my yard it seems impossible like it's amazing the last season of new girl they switched studios and the studio had been a half an hour drive and then turned into an hour drive and i had a newborn baby <laughs> and not the show that like got shot in eight hours either no as i'm sure you know like we our hours were legendarily yeah. long. terrible 16 hours was like a normal day. If I was done in 12, which most people are like, it was abuse. I was working 12 hours. I was like, 12 <laughs> hours I went home and I'd be like, ooh. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like I have so much time. Unfortunately for me though, the show I had done prior to that was Parenthood, which was right. a fucking fast pass to rap. We'd rap two or three days a week by lunch. So I went from, like that was my television experience yeah. To bless this mess, and it was a different experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I, and I'm weaker. I'm not youthful anymore either. <laughs> Nothing prepared me. Nothing prepared me. Because I was doing movies. And this is why I hadn't done television at that point. I was like, well, I like to say yes to a script and like know what we're saying. Nothing prepared me for TV because they're like, you read the script at the table read. And like mm -hmm. they fully rewrite it in like three days. And then you don't know what you're saying. until sometimes we get mm. rewrites morning of Monday and then get another rewrite in the middle of shooting it. Oh, there was a team of folks that were writing the scene actively Nonstop. while we were shooting it. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, we rewrote this because like it didn't play in table. And I'd be like, first of all, I was like reading it cold at <laughs> yeah, the table. I wasn't acting yet. <laughs> and second of all, like. There's a physicality that you're not going to see until you're on set. So I'm like, can we keep that joke? Which was great. It just didn't play when we were all like sitting like exhausted at the table read. <laughs> I was just going to add to that. The table reads for folks who don't know how they work. All the executives come. There's like a bunch of people that are well-dressed and it's virtually an audience, right? So yeah. it's like, I don't know, often like 30 people are in there. Uh, you know, three of them. And then to your point, I just left a scene. I'm doing this fucking table read on my lunch break. So I've not read the script. And I grew up with like lots of learning differences. I'm ADHD, like a lot of things that make it sometimes amazing. And then sometimes I'm like... <laughs> It was fine on New Girl because they were like writing for me. So usually it like flowed out pretty well. Like Liz and her team are the best, the best. at that. Yeah. They're amazing. You know, this thing where like you have a friend that's a writer or like somebody gets you through your agent and you're like, 
hey, would you do this favor and do a table read? Uh-huh. This is the kiss of death yeah, for yeah, yeah. me. This is my weakness. They're like, would you do a table read? And it's always someone amazing. Like I've done table reads for the craziest people. And I'm like, oh my God, Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> wants me to do a table read. And they're like, but you can't see the script until because oh. it's very <sighs> secret. Like I get there two hours early, try to read the script cold, but I can't, I need to say it out loud. Yeah. And then I read it and I'm, absolutely awful cold reads are not my strong suit unless it's written exactly for me that's what's so bizarre (laughs) about this occupation is like being a good actor is is literally maybe 40 percent of it at tops it's like go in front of strangers read this thing you just heard nine other people read it yeah oh god that's its own (laughs) skill set well that's why when i first started out the things that i was like i'm not right for this part then because I said I wasn't right for it, they'd be like, no, we want you for it. Like there was like some reverse psychology to that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Those parts I would end up getting. Um, (laughs) Or the parts that I'd be like, this is so crazy amazing. There's no way I'm ever going to get this. I remember early on in my career, I got to work with these really amazing people. Like my first movie was Lawrence Kasdan. Then I worked with Cameron Crowe. But those were jobs I was like, I mean, I'm going to do this as an exercise. Like, there's no way I would ever get this part. I just want to not be bad because my dad's a cinematographer and, like, knows lots of people. I just don't want him to be like, I heard you were bad. The reputation. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, how embarrassing. What a fucking amazing (laughs) dynamic I hadn't considered. Of course, I know who your father is. He's nominated or won six Academy Awards as a cinematographer. (laughs) Fucking shot the natural. I mean, a bad-ass cinematographer. He's good. He's all right. He's competent. He's all right. So I have fun thoughts about that but one I didn't think of is like thank god I had the anonymity for the eight years in LA I was auditioning it's not like it ever got back to my family I remember when I first started my mom was so sweet because my mom Mary Jo as you know an actress (laughs) actress would like she didn't want to be a stage mom or anything but I started working when I was like 16 or 17, like when I was old enough to drive myself to auditions. That's a great policy. That was the policy. She yeah. was like, I know you want to be an actress, but I'm not driving you. It's a good boundary. I like that. She's a great mom. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Joseph, yeah. the greatest. But she would help you. She would help me, but I was bad. My parents were like so supportive always of everything. There was this guy I went to high school with. And I remember I ran into him somewhere. Like a, one of those things was like a kind of post high school function. And he was like working for a casting director and I needed a ride home. And he was like, I'll give you a ride home. And then he's driving me home and he's like, you know, <laughs> I heard from this casting director that you weren't prepared or something. <gasps> oh, for an audition. Oh. And I was like, I want to die right now. <laughs> and a lot of times when they would say I wasn't prepared, it wasn't that I wasn't prepared. It was that I was so nervous. Yes. I couldn't keep it together. I don't seem like I'm nervous if I'm nervous. I just like talk yeah. and try to put off starting the audition. And then my feet would shake and stuff. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, I would just want to throw in one other aspect. And this one really <laughs> hit me when I was on Bless This Mess, which is the network sends you to these enormous parties in New York for upfronts. <laughs> And they're pretty overwhelming. That's a bizarre skill set to ask someone to have. Like, you go in this room about a thousand people and they're going to stare oh, at you yeah. and ask you questions and stuff. And it, it has nothing to do with the skill set that it takes to, like, be an actor on set. So Max Greenfield, his wife, Tess yes, yes, Sanchez, who's, who's a badass. The baddest assist. Okay. So I owe her so much because when we started New Girl... And by the way, like when we cast Max, I didn't know that his wife worked for Fox as like one of the top people. And they made her not be involved because they didn't want it to look like nepotism. But you're like, why doesn't this guy already have a show? He's so amazing. So he came in, was so great. Then I found out that his wife was this like amazing 
podcasting mogul. And so we're at the upfronts and I'm literally, I'm in the corner of a room, like shaking. And Tess comes over and she's like, Zoe, you have to talk to all these people. She like took charge. Oh, good for her. She put her arm around me and she's like, you need to talk to this person. They're an executive. I felt like what it was like to be the queen reminding me who everyone was. (laughs) Or Veep. Yeah, exactly. Like I felt like this dignitary. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Because there's no way like one person Especially with all the anxiety that goes with just like being in this overwhelming situation, having the press saying stuff. Like when you do those upfronts, it's so intense. Every interaction's on the record. Like literally most people, they're journalists. So if you like bump into somebody and I'm I'm sorry, I fucked up your shoe. Right. Like I'm just being me. I got to read everything I'm saying in my head real time of how that's going to look in print. And then it becomes overwhelming. No, it's very hard because you can't be sarcastic at all. Exactly. And I definitely like have a, deep sarcastic bone in my body for defense for defense exactly was developed early in life right right with an older sister with an older sister (laughs) and being like a chubby kid with learning disabilities (laughs) (laughs) you got to develop sarcasm and being like self-deprecating right Uh like uh i'll make fun of myself before everybody else does but you can't do those things you have to be so sincere earnest and i can't be earnest It's hard for me. I developed it. And everyone thinks I'm really sincere, which, like, I am. Like, I'm direct. I'm a direct person. Now, okay, I never, ever subscribe to astrology, as people know, but Mm -hmm. Monica and I have kind of accidentally gotten into this one site she follows. Now we believe it 100%. CoStar. Oh, CoStar is amazing. I'm a triple Capricorn. What the (gasps) fuck does that mean? I'm the most Capricorn of all Capricorns. I don't know how you exist because my (laughs) amount of Capricorn is too much for me. Regular rising moon. Moon. All of them. I am Virgo, Virgo Aries. Well, that's great. I don't think it's great. No, it is because I love (laughs) Virgos and I love Aries. Aries are extremely direct, but in a like fiery way. Yeah. And Virgos are like so organized and like their minds are so organized. Yeah. I think I'm getting less and less Virgo as I age. Have you done your progress descendant? Oh no. My God, people are beating yeah. off right now that love astrology. This, oh this God, got I so have deep. To do that. <laughs> You'll have to do that because every certain number of years, like 20 something years, your ascendant progresses. And that's what you seem like to the world. So the ascendant's what right. projects out. You'll have to do it. You'll have to figure it out. This was from three days ago. Co-star. Tell me if it adds up. Okay. Okay. Sneaks back into your life by Capricorn. Checking on the whereabouts of the book they lent you last summer. (laughs) (laughs) And mine is dead on too. Sneaks back into your life by sending your dog a present on its birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Monica's the best gift giver on planet Earth, other than my wife. Yeah. Love giving gifts. But don't you feel like there's also a male-female thing to the gift giving? Because we were joking that like all the females in my family would be like on Christmas, everyone's opening up their gifts and they're like, thank you guys so much because it's signed from like Mom and everyone. Dad. And then my dad's like, oh, who gave you that? That's really nice. And I'm like, you did. <laughs> yeah. And you and mom. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. picked that out. And I love picking it out. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about, like as a family that has Mary Jo, an actress, your father, Caleb, is a cinematographer. And then your older sister, Emily, is an actress. And then you as an actress. One of my single favorite things about being married to Kristen is that we're both in show business. So when we watch TV, it's such a different experience because all we're trying to do is figure out what was actually going on on set that day. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Right? 100%. So when your family, when the Deschanel's get together and they watch a movie as a family, A, does that even happen? 
Yes. Like um, holidays, do you guys like oh, yeah, put yeah, Elf yeah. on and celebrate we your genius? And <laughs> <laughs> we don't put Elf on, although Jonathan, my boyfriend, wanted me to show Elf to the yes, kids this yes. year. And they're too little. So my son was like, this is boring. He's used to watching <laughs> like cartoons. Like Grinch. <laughs> you know, I actually now for the first time, and I can't imagine I ever thought I'd say this. I feel bad for you that you were in that movie. <laughs> I'm telling you because it has made its way into the pantheon for me. It's like Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Elf. I love it. I'm very happy. But you're never going to be able to sit there and watch that movie with yourself in it every holiday, or could you? I had only seen it once. Okay. At the premiere. And I missed like my big scene because I went to the bathroom. I came back at the end when he's like running out and I was like, oh, I missed it. But I really hadn't seen it again because everybody else watches it. And even my boyfriend, when I first met him, he's like, I watch Elf every Christmas with my family. Yes, it's a classic. Course. It's a new age classic. <laughs> it is still maybe the purest, sweetest moment I've ever had in my life because I was shooting without a paddle when that movie came out and oh. I was down in New Zealand and I was watching Elf oh. and of course I was loving it. And all of a sudden I heard, oh my God, I love this movie so much. And I turned around, there's a little kid standing on his seat, oh. yelling out loud, I love this movie so much. Like, he was emotional. Oh. It was awesome. It's so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet to see kids, like, start to, like, love something. Yes, you know? like, get pulled into story. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. And especially when it's something you enjoy. You're like, that's it. Yes. Isn't it fun? And my nine-year-old, or about to be nine-year-old, you know, she's at a point where she can watch some pretty good drama now yeah and a couple different times she's had full breakdowns watching and like my impulse as a dad is like to go oh. comfort her or something i try to stay out of it for a long time and then later i'll just go like aren't movies magic like they put you in someone else's emotions in yes. their brain isn't that like fascinating yeah so it's so funny because when i was a kid like until i was like probably eight we'd travel around we were, like living all over the world because my yeah, dad yeah. was working and i remember my mom was like alone with us a lot right and mary joe the arm cherry <laughs> mary joe cherry mary joe cherry and we didn't have like a nanny a lot of times so mm -hmm. my mom would just have to put on a, something for me to watch of course and so survival she, exactly so she put on wizard of oz and i was totally obsessed when i was three i would watch it every single day my dad would videotape us growing oh, up all the time you must have so much good stuff we have so much good stuff and i have video of me i would walk over the tv and watch it like oh my god this is the most magical thing and i learned somewhere over the rainbow i was three having kids that are four and six i'm like oh my god i was three and i was so obsessed with this movie i knew every word to that song you know there's a whole thing where if you start dark side of the moon right. at this perfect point i it, heard that yeah. yeah but i never tried it i did, did it, it work it, well uh, if you're stoned it worked <laughs> I, I was in i it seemed plausible to me it seems like a little bit of a cop-out to be like do this drug and <laughs> then try to assess whether this is true or not back to the tv thing because yes. i don't think i've ever thought about this until you just said it which is like so many things from our youth, like someone pointed out that kids, your children, my children, mm -hmm. they will never understand the phone icon on a phone. That hieroglyphic means nothing to them. They've never right. even seen that shape other than right, right there. And then likewise, what you just described watching TV, which is how my sister watched TV is, it just occurred to me, like, your dad was loaded and you guys probably had a 27-inch TV. <laughs> well, you know, like sky was the limit on your fucking uh, well, AV system. as a deductible thing. <laughs> he had a big screen TV early because we had to watch Stanley yes, Kubrick movies or yeah. whatever for yes. inspiration. <laughs> Point being is that my whole childhood, the largest television you could get was 27-inch Zenith, like council TV, right? So right. we're talking 27 inches. 
So you damn well had to get up there close oh, if you yeah. wanted yeah. to Three feel emerged away. in it. Yeah. And now I realize like every single kid in America, no matter where they're living on the poverty line, almost everyone's got a 50-inch TV in their living room. If they got that close, they would actually be missing so much of the actual right. story that they had to back up. Now kids have tablets, though, so I guess in some ways they are doing yeah. what we did, where we got three inches away. You're right, Monica. It's cyclical. It's like radio's back. But I used to love sitting right in front of that TV, and then, you know, your parents lie and tell you that you're, it's going to ruin your eyes, right. so you got to have yeah. carrots, you know, all of that. <laughs> With me, it was, I got a lot of ear infections when I was a kid, and I didn't have great hearing. Also, I had a hard time listening, because I had a listening thing, too, with my ADHD. Yeah. So I would get super close to the TV, have it cranked <laughs> so loud... <laughs> And my dad, who had put on rock concerts when he was in college yeah. and had gotten a little hearing loss from that, and he was really worried that I was going to bust a drum. Yeah. But that was how I, like, connected. I would get an inch from the TV yeah. and crank it all the way up to 11. And got in that world. I'd get in that world. Okay. And I was into cooking shows. I would watch Great Chefs of San Francisco or, like, these cooking shows that were on when I was four. It was post-Julia Child, but there were, like, the frugal gourmet oh, and my sure, mom sure, would sure. laugh so hard because she's like my four-year-old is watching the frugal gourmet like, there's no telling what the kids will get fascinated with yeah it's so no fun telling. to kind of watch what like gets on their radar okay so i think on the surface like we have nothing in common but i kept getting shocked with how many weird things so oh, and then i'm great. learning more I love weird it. things yeah. so one thing is i was born deaf Really? Yes. And I did not get my hearing till I was two. That's so interesting. And it's funny being like a musician too. It's uh, incredibly mm -hmm. bizarre. I was obsessed with music growing up and obsessed with like really weird stuff, chord progressions. Yeah. And I would hear a song on the radio and I'd be like, I don't know what this song is. And I'd be like, oh my God, they repeated it. And I didn't even know what I was listening for because it was like, it was pre-music education. It was I really soothing, couldn't yeah? hear. So soothing. Because yeah. I got ear infections like several times a year. And I remember sitting on the couch, heating pads on my ear because I would get like awful ear infections and going to the ear doctor all the time. Yeah. They always were testing my hearing because I had this combination of like constantly getting ear infections and then having this thing where I could shut off my ears. Oh, wow. Voluntarily. So it wasn't necessarily voluntary. It was if I was like bored in class uh -huh. and the teacher would be talking about something. And I learned later this was related to my ADHD. Okay. It was auditory discrimination. And then I would overfocus. So the teacher would start talking about something, say it was like medieval England. Okay. And then they'd change subject. And okay. I'd be like, uh uh, <laughs> I'm saying I'm medieval England. Oh. And then I'd go into this world where I'd start thinking about this thing and get really deep in this thought. And I would completely shut off my ears. I couldn't go on the journey that they were on. I couldn't change oh, subjects. Oh, interesting. It was so hard for me. And then the teachers would be like, Zoe, are you listening? Like, oh. And they'd be so frustrated with me. And I remember it being so weird because I didn't even know I was doing it. It was like, right. this is totally out of my control. Yeah. So I was always going to the ear doctor because they'd be like, she can't hear anything. Oh, my God. Did you get tubes or something? So they were going to put tubes in my ears. Okay. And then the ear infections just stopped when I was probably 12. I went totally insane for two weeks while they put me on these, whatever it was, like prednisone or something. They never came back. Uh-huh. And then my hearing was like, fine. 
in all these ways I discovered were similar. We're also, we have all these completely opposite paths. So as a dyslexic, the only way I'm going to take in information is to listen to it. Yeah. Like when you're writing on the chalkboard, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. So I had the opposite thing, which is like, I listen like a hawk. Right. So they don't get lost. Right. But now I do, by the way. Now I listen like a hawk because I was so bad at it. I had to learn to be good at it. Do you think it's possible, because you and I both share this, you have an allergy to eggs, wheat, soy. <laughs> That's not true anymore. I got dairy. over them. <gasps> Explain wow. that to me. Because I was going to yeah. go back and say, do you think it's possible that your food allergies were related to the infections in your ears? 100%, yes. And that's why for probably 15 years, I couldn't eat any wheat. Yeah, so what? what and that was the worst. Because my parents had lived in Italy. They would mm. cook Italian food every night. We'd have mm. pasta. And my mom makes the best, Mary Jo. Yeah. Makes Mary the best jo armchair. bread. I was off gluten for 15 years that's still on wikipedia i'm gonna have to okay sue somebody write to wikipedia yeah, yeah, yeah. they won't let us by the way i tried to correct something one time and then i gave up they won't let oh you God, be a so part funny. of it um, someone said i was born with yeah. the name daximus and that like just was there and yeah whatever oh my god so if your publicist writes they will change stuff because i had something where i was like that's just like not even true why are <laughs> right, they right, yeah. right. okay so maybe not so much eggs and dairy yeah so i was off that for a while it was, those were horrible days i mean i'm vegetarian so it's it's hard to be off all those things. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, God, believe me, I know. But I finally, after 15 years, like took a test at food sensitivity. They were like, you don't have a problem with wheat anymore. I had a wonderful childhood eating lots and lots of carbs sure. and lots and lots of pasta and bread. Yeah. But I do think I probably OD'd on it a little bit. And that might have been part of why I was getting the ear infections. I do think like allergies could be tricky. I'm not a fucking allergist. I don't know why I'm even saying yeah. this. But I think there can be like a saturation point. That's what it is. It is. It's, your, okay. it's like you are a human beaker uh -huh. and this beaker gets full. And at, some people like, get full easier than others. Exactly. Yeah. You have like so much capacity for gluten or egg, dairy or yeah. egg. And then some people's capacity is a lot more than others. Right. You know? Some I, people are tougher. I'm a, I'm a wimp when it comes to food. Me too. Okay. And I also get obsessed with things. So I'm like, I will eat that thing every single day. Now you're speaking Monty's language. Yeah. I like that too. Repetition. I could eat oh, the yeah. same thing every day yeah. for a month. So I love eggplant parmesan, but only specific <laughs> ones. I love this one that's not breaded it doesn't have mozzarella on it just has parm oh Ooh. and it's just really good and then i started making it at home and i'm like i want it all the time and my boyfriend doesn't like eggplant like at all really so i literally just make a whole eggplant parm yeah. just for myself and fine. It's in the fridge. <laughs> stay tuned for more armchair expert if you dare we are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob and I received some texts. This yeah, I was locked morning. out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. I had one curiosity. You came to maturity in LA culture and then you went to the Midwest and I left the Midwest and went to college. Yeah. And so I had this enormous culture shock. I have to imagine you had some... Yes, I did. But before we get there, I want to start (laughs) at Crossroads. It was an interesting thing to go to Crossroads because you could make a caricature of it, but it was such a, it was a really nurturing place. And it was really nice because it was a really good school academically, but I felt like they were very understanding of different types of intelligence. Yeah, that's cool. So there'd be like a genius musician Mm -hmm. that might not have done as well with English or something. And they really were able to like nurture the different types of strengths and weaknesses. When you arrived at Northwestern, can you walk me through like what that felt like? I had done my first movie before I went to Northwestern. Okay. That's the Lawrence Kasdan one? Exactly. Mumford. My mom came with me because I was still a young 18. I was like working as an actor when I was 16 professionally, but I was emotionally like very attached to my parents, like wasn't independent. I did that movie, but I didn't want to tell anyone I'd done a movie because I just didn't want... To seem hoity-toity. Yeah, I didn't want to seem like I was bragging. Especially in Chicago, by the way. Not a good place to do it. I didn't know that, but I had the instinct, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got there 
And the first thing I was just surprised about was that everyone wore sweatshirts and jeans. I came from <laughs> Crossroads. I had like planned you all had these some outfits. outfits. Yeah, sure. Oh. College outfits. And I thought about it. I was like, here's how I'm going to deal with the cold weather. I was like artsy, like LA version of Elle Woods, where I was like, I had all these outfits. I wore a flower behind my ear oh, all the time. I wow. had things like high school. It was a sticker. I wore a sticker on my face like for a couple of years. Full outfit, full makeup, full like cat eyes. Everything. But at Crossroads, was that normal? Mine was maybe a little more out there than other people's. It was like a standard deviation was, above. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like I was a member of some like your standard issue, like counterculture group. But I was like. I have my own thing, yeah, you know, yeah, your own and thing. it was a little bit like retro. I'm going to just take a stab. I'm going to throw a dart and say that like for you, Hepburn and breakfast at Tiffany. One million percent. <laughs> yeah, I would wear yeah, yeah. Cocktail dresses. There you were. Mm-hmm. I would wear like a French twist to school. Sure. Cat eyes. So it was Audrey Hepburn, uh-huh. really into that. And then I was like, when I go to college, I'm going to take it up a notch. Like Absolutely. this is going to be, I'm going to do this. When it's wintertime, I got this jacket that went to 60 below so that like I could take it off and be wearing a cocktail dress. Right? Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and then like I was like earmuffs rather than hats. So I won't wear my hair. Like it was like all thought out. I had a very extreme look too. <laughs> Like it was size 52 Carhartts, white dreadlocks, all this stuff. I was yes. super into punk. Yeah. And in reflection for me, there was like elementary school and I was not crushing. Me too. <laughs> Junior high, my brother said, you're getting this haircut. You're wearing these clothes. And I got into skateboarding. By God, when I arrived, people were like, they were so distracted by the fucking side part spike and the big <laughs> swoopy bangs and the skateboard and I the clothes. I knew you had swoopy bangs. I Fuck knew it. Yes, I did. With colics, it was almost impossible to do. It was amazing. So- I think I had all this insecurity from elementary and I found this device that made me feel confident. And it was actually just this this flare that people interpreted yeah. as bravery, I think. And that's yes. what I wanted. Oh, totally. Yeah. I was no. just wondering if yours kind of came from that same spot. Yes. Like when I was like really little was one thing and I was kind of like had a little trouble listening and stuff. My mom has a teaching, Mary Jo, yeah. has a teaching <laughs> MJ. credential, MJ. And we went with my dad, Caleb, <laughs> um, on location. We lived in the Seychelles Islands. We oh lived my. in Belgrade, Serbia. And then we lived in London. And when I came back, I was in third grade. Mm. And it was like, I was the weirdest person. I said things weird because I'd been living abroad. And I tried really hard to maintain my Americanness because I knew people were going to call me out. Yeah. I didn't remember how to be a Californian. Like I lived in sure. places where there were like no stores. You've come face to face with a thousand pound sea turtle in your life. We would ride tortoises. There you go. Because I was, let's see, seven and my sister was 10 and we would ride tortoises around with other kids who lived on the island. Wow. They showed us how to like ride the tortoises. <laughs> sure. we, like, hang out with tortoises. That was like our deal. And I came back and it was a type of culture shock just coming back because all anybody talked about were toys and the mall and yeah, like TV WWF shows. Yeah, WWF wrestling. We didn't have TV shows. In the Seychelles, there were only two videos there, half of Gandhi, which of course I wasn't <laughs> going to watch when I was seven, and This is Spinal Tap, which oh, was- Oh, great, great thing to have. Last wow. movie, I watched it a million times. Great foundation. I, I still basically have it memorized. But so when I came back to LA, I was so weird for like third, fourth, 
fifth, sixth grade. It was not great. Then seventh grade was the worst year of my life. Everyone was so mean. And it was like, and I was actually losing weight that year. I was a little chubby. Okay, sure. It was in London that I kind of gained a little weight. Mm. You know, at 3 p.m., it's dark yeah, absolutely. in the winter. That's right. So I would just be like, let's have some crisps, you know. Let's get comfy. Salt and vinegar. Yeah, yeah. I have a little spaghetti for yeah. dinner. Maybe some digestive biscuits. <laughs> some digestives. Yeah, that's just a <laughs> snack. Like for dessert, you're going to have the chocolate hobnobs. That's what you got to have. What's the, that? The best cookies. <gasps> They're like these cookies that are divine. They have milk chocolate and dark chocolate flavor. You could choose your best. Shit, life. we were just there and I didn't get any hobnob. Yeah, I'll get yeah. you some. Do like I'll, a whole I'll, I'll a do basket. A whole thing. I'm Instacart. Going to. Make an Instacart first. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got a little chubby in England and then it got worse because I was a little bit sad because everyone was mean to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure, 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 sure. You know, it's fine. It was yeah. good character building stuff. And then middle school, I was like, I was on the swim team and oh, I grew six inches there and we I, go. I lost 30 pounds. So when Eighth wow. grade, I came back and I was skinny. Sure. People didn't recognize me. Yeah. One of the teachers thought I was anorexic, which oh. I was not. I just grew a lot and I was like working out and stuff. And all of a sudden, everyone treated me differently. Yeah, and then I was what, like, I need to have a look. Yeah. And that's why I went vintage shopping. And then I would wear fairy wings to school. Oh, and sure. And people were like, she's the one that wears the fairy wings. She's a fairy. I volunteered <laughs> to be Tinkerbell in the school pageant thing for the fucking homecoming thing. Exactly. So that whole look thing, I really associated with my self-esteem. Yes. Yeah. Same. yeah. We missed the most obvious thing is like that we have in common is like Dax now is cool. Like yeah. that's a great name to have Dax. Oh, Yeah. 1983 on the playground, oh, yeah. the older kids, that was this invitation oh, yeah. to fuck with me. And your name Zoe, is now cool, Zoe, but you're the first. Cool. Yeah. Not the, cool Not a lot of all. kids are reading Salinger in elementary school. Oh, no, nobody had read Salinger. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'd hear of a cat named Zoe or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was Z-O-E. So my parents had friends that were Greek who named their daughter Zoe. And then they were like, Zoe, but then it's going to be Salinger Zoe. Yeah. So that's how they named me, which now I'm like, yeah, I'm super happy that's my name. But back then, it same, was weird. Same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the control, like you probably felt so out of control for all those years. Yeah. And then the clothes are a way to be like, this is me. I yeah. control the narrative about me. Exactly. Like the first thing you see is the black eyeliner, the sticker on my face, the yeah. flower in my hair. Yeah, things <laughs> you've chosen. There's exactly. a lot to look through before you get to us. <laughs> and then you also have something like I noticed a couple of years ago. This is like a new thing. I was like, I found this hat that had cat ears. It was like a beret with cat ears. <laughs> and I bought like five of them because I noticed <laughs> I went to one of these Hollywood parties where it was not a press party, but it was a lot of fancy people. Yeah, and yeah. I was kind of nervous to go. So yeah. I was like, I wore this cat beret. First thing everyone sees is this yeah. cat yeah. beret. And they're like, oh my God. Like they're put at ease because you like have gone out of your way to wear this very silly yeah. accessory that's like cute, but it's like, come talk to me about this hat. And then you can just talk about the hat. You don't have to talk about like other stuff first. The irony of it is it's actually an invisibility cloak. Yes. But it's the loudest invisibility cloak you could have. Well, I also had this very loud voice. Even now, friends of mine will hear me like in an airport from like <laughs> a mile away. They'll be like, Zoe? Like, not my face. Like, not those things aren't necessarily like immediately recognizable, but my voice Same. is. And having had like hearing problems growing up, I talked louder. Mm -hmm. I would talk mm. so loud. And I always remember being shushed, be like, so we keep your voice down. I'm like always like talking too loud. And Reminded. Feeling so humiliated. And that my first instinct it was to be like, 
I will talk louder. <laughs> yeah. I will not submit to you. I will not. <laughs> this is me. I wonder if that's a Capricorn thing. I'm, oh my god! I'm dreadfully like that. I will lean into this. Like the yeah. the yeah. quote that my parents would laugh about when I was growing up was that I was three years old, had an ear infection. We were in a hotel in Paris. I had a fever. And I was stomping around, yelling. It happened in Paris. Paris. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had the exact same experience. I thought you were going to connect those <laughs> oh, dots. Oh, I'm sorry, but she was three, so I was I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you know what I was feeling? I had an ear infection. I was cranky. I was screaming. I was stomping around, and my parents said, "Zoe, shh, 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 shh," and I said, "Don't you shush me." <laughs> and they always would laugh about this. They'd be like, Zoe, don't you shush me, Dejanel. Like, I was like, I was not to be silenced. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it another counterintuitive or paradoxical thing is like, for me, it was like massive low self-esteem yeah. with unbridled confidence in oh, my own decisions. I call it, yeah. I call it <laughs> ego fluctuation disorder. Yeah. So I'd probably be like, we're the best, but I also hate myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm also the worst and the best. There's a saying in AA, which is, I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. <laughs> I really relate to that. Or an egomaniac with an inferiority complex <laughs> is also a favorite of mine. Okay. I was going to talk about 500 Days of Summer just because I, yeah. that's just of my experiences watching you. That was one where I have oftentimes read great, great scripts that get ruined in the production process. That's probably the most common yeah. arc to happen. And I had read 500 Days of Summer and I, I just, I'm not a musical theater person. I, I couldn't right. see it, right? Right. And I went and saw it at the Arclight and I was yeah. like mesmerized that that thing went through Mark's filter and your filter and everyone's filter and it became this like symphony of complimentary everything. What's funny about that movie is that we had such a good time making it. Joe and I would have dance parties in the trailer every day at lunch. We'd spend the entire oh my lunchtime dancing. It yes. was so fun. The trailer would shake. Oh. The hair and makeup trailer. We have our whole like glam department and Joe and myself Rocky. and anybody who came in like any <laughs> actors or like costumes, whatever, whoever wanted to join. Yeah. All were invited. We would just dance the whole entire time. It was an inclusive trailer. Of it dancing. was inclusive. <laughs> I would make brownies oh, almost oh. every week. Oh my god. And bring them in. Like I've had this experience quite a bit where when I have that much fun, it turns out well. Cause it's like yes. all that like creativity and magic that's coming out of like this, they feed into each other. Okay, so I have broken this down scientifically in my own mind. Yes. I've not asked any scientists if this is correct, but <laughs> we're scientists. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. You know the mirror neuron thing? No. This is why physical comedy is funny, is that when you observe physical comedy, you have neurons that mirror what other humans do, especially if it's going to be pain or it's going to save your life. Yeah. When I was at the Groundlings, there were performers that were much smarter than me. Better writers did better character work. I think you're work. really smart. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate okay. that. But when I was at the Groundlings, there were several performers that I really think objectively were more talented than I was. Okay. But I had the most fun on that stage. I couldn't believe I was in Los Angeles in this group of people. I had made yeah. it to that stage. Man, I was on fire. And I think that made me a fun performer to watch. That's I'm 100% 
with you on that because I think it's the obsession with things yeah. that makes you good at them. Talent's a part of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You got to have talent, but you have to be obsessed enough to do something all the time and like practice it and stuff. I know there were people that would probably roll out of bed and be better at it than me, but I got success because I was obsessed with it right. and I liked it so much. Like the things that I'm obsessed with, I'm like, I can't get enough of that. And then, and that thing I was talking about the ADHD growing up where I'd overfocus. I'm like, yeah. that was the thing that was, everyone said was my problem growing up. All my teachers complained about it because I wasn't listening to them and the way they wanted me to. And I found it's my superpower. It's made me who I am a hundred percent. I know. I really think life, like I've been thinking about this a lot. Like for me, life is about not trying to exercise in the demonic sense these qualities I have yeah. as much as mitigate the bad side of the sword and try to lean into the good side. Of the sword. Right. And it's like finding the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really hard, but it's like my goal. It's like, I don't want to say goodbye to me. And I want to also not use the other side of the sword. Right. You don't want to self-sabotage because if you almost get into too much of your own stuff, you start to self-sabotage. Yes. Well, and primarily, I think just because no one ought think of themselves that much, period. Like really the yeah. greatest relief I ever have is when I find a way to not think about myself all day. <laughs> you know, that's when I'm happiest. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're jumping now. And I'm going to bring up, this is the biggest moment of your career. Okay, tell me. And it was in 2012. Okay. And it was a double date with Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard <laughs> to Cafe yes. Gratitude. I was going to say, I was going to bring it up. So um, Things were letting me roll it out that My way. first husband, Ben, and you guys... And we had such a delightful dinner. And I actually was thinking, I was like, why didn't we ever hang out again? Well, listen. And I remember like so many things we talked about. And one of them was that you had tricked out Kristen's Prius. Prius. Listen, it never did have like the horsepower I would have liked, but it did have huge sway bars, big wheels, big brakes, the whole nine. But do you know, like a week after that, that car went bye-bye. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think she had the car oh for about six God. weeks. So you happened to meet her in this little window where yeah, she was driving like, that car. Yeah, handles like a Porsche. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm sure Priuses are different now, but I had a hard time because back then it was like one of the first cars to have like a computer in it. And I'd be like, slam on the gas. And it'd be like, no thanks. The, yeah. <laughs> there would be like a delay. I'm sure it's different now, but 2012 Prius, I was like, how does it handle like a Porsche? Well, look, I never said it accelerated like a Porsche, but it certainly <laughs> stopped like a Porsche and turned like a Porsche, which is a, I thought was a great accomplishment. Yeah. So I had a similar thing. Like I had so much fun at so that dinner. Fun. Do you know what my explanation was? What? Well, first of all, I don't even know how that dinner happened. Do you? Maybe I was at a party, Shauna Robertson. Oh, there we go. That's Kristen's best so friend. She is one of my dear friends because she produced Elf and she's the best. Oh, we love her so much. Shauna and I went to a party and met Kristen and I was like, oh my God, she is delightful. I'd heard rumors of how cool she was for yes, years. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. I remember years and years I would hear her name and people be like, she is cool. She yeah. is funny and like doesn't take herself too seriously and she's so nice. Every set I go to... Yeah, a handful of the people there have worked with her and they come up to me right away and they go, oh my God, I worked with your wife. She's the nicest, nicest person, person. In my head, I'm thinking. It's a lot of pressure. Well, I'm not that way. So I just always think like, oh, well, I'm glad you had that experience because I'm going to be worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm really friendly, but my sister's extremely friendly as I bumped well. into her hiking one time and she and oh, I shot the shit for like 20 minutes. so nice. Yeah. And so we actually had a lot of crew from Bones come on to New Girl and I felt a lot of pressure because she was in high school when I was in middle school. And I remember feeling so intimidated by everyone be like, that is your sister. Like she was stunning. How, like many, she, how many years older? Three and a half years. Okay. Four years in school. She was like a senior when I was in eighth grade. 
She looked exactly like that model Paulina Poroskova. Exactly. Okay. Identical. When I was like 14 and I thought it was Emily. I was like, how oh. did Emily get involved? <laughs> oh, wow. Right? And so Emily <laughs> looked like model. She would get like scouted by modeling scouts all the time. And she was so nice. She would offer to drive people home after school. Oh, wow. Anybody who needed a ride. She was like bringing people treats all the time. So I felt like, I, and I'm a lot shorter than she is. And I was just like, I need to develop something. So it was why yeah. I was like always trying really hard. Yeah, to differentiate. That lane was taken and she was like a dramatic actress. This is how I started becoming comic relief. Well, she was playing the trumpet and you're like, I got to play the fucking trombone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. slide in and out. <laughs> She's already Miles Davis in it. And I can't, I got to slide in with be, the trombone. Yeah, trombone shorty. So <laughs> Trombone shorty. Yeah. That should be your um, autobiography. Well, he soloed on a record of mine, Trombone Shorty. So, uh, yeah. Wait, there's a real person named Trombone <laughs> yes! Shorty? Oh he's my... a great trombone oh player. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I thought you were making a joke. So I made a record called Classics with she and him, my band, and it was all like, kind of songbook songs. Yeah. And he did solos on like a bunch of the songs and they're so good. And he just came in and improvised them. But wow. it was really cool to have trombone solos. Yeah. And by the way, I love your theme song so much. That's Bob Mervak. He's a genius. He's Kristen's childhood best friend. They were always working together and doing oh. like weddings and funerals and uh, oh church God. services. And it's so great. You got to hear the theme song he wrote for uh, Monica's show, Monica and Just Love Boys. It's the best song it's, I've ever it's fucking a good heard. One. This is the marching orders I gave him. Did you say like Saturday in the Park by Chicago because to me it's like the brother song. I got to think of our song. That's how Bob and I work together. I just kind of give him, I'll say like kind of a genre. Yeah. And then I'll give him a couple artists I'm thinking of. And then I'll sometimes, so for hers, it was, you know, that song, um, I don't like reggae. Oh no, I love it. I don't do you know, know that song. You it's a do. really good song. If you, you heard do. it, you would is it know it. New? So no. I gave him oh. that, but I also <laughs> said I kind of wanted like an '80s TV show feel. He does all of our stuff, but I love the horns. Like I was just like, yes. <laughs> Zoe, you should come. We do a Christmas episode every uh, year, yeah. and people sing and stuff. Do you want and me to sing guys... harmonies? Well, yeah. Nora Jones came in. Hell yeah! But I love your Christmas album. Oh, thank I you. I love it. We do Christmas tours every year. Oh, you do? This yes. is a slam dunk. Yeah. Let's Nora happened to have an album out. And then I love wonder if you Nora. could relate to this. So Kristen, what singer doesn't love Nora Jones? Of course. And my wife's a singer. Yeah. And she was like, I've never actually seen her have any anxiety about singing. But she's like, oh my God, I got to figure out how to harmonize with fucking Nora Jones. Like, Well, Nora has a very warm voice and she sings quietly. It was actually my bandmate, Matt Ward, M. Ward went on tour with Nora opening up for her for a long time. And our first records were coming out. I remember he would play shows and sometimes I would meet them out and I'd sing a couple songs with him when he'd open up for her. And so like I hung out with her a little bit. My voice is loud. Until I got in-ear monitors, I would blow out my voice in shows. I would sing loud, like as if there's no microphones. And I was like, Nora, how do you not blow out your voice? She's like, I don't sing loud. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. And if you want to harmonize with somebody who sings like that quiet, like close mic singing, yeah. you have to also sing close mic. Yeah. Listen to this song. Monica don't like, Monica don't like boys. Monica loves boys. Just don't like, just don't like boys. Yeah. He loves boys. Monica and Jess. They don't like boys. They love boys. 
This is the West Coast sound. This is the sound that came to be called Yacht Rock. I'm obsessed with Yacht Rock. And I think that was one of my marching orders. I was like, that's the, the reggae it. song with Yacht Rock. So Yacht Rock, like which later got the moniker Yacht Rock, was called like the West Coast sound. But it, it has like these specific like tenants. Yes. You're going to have a sax and almost every Yacht Rock song is going to have a saxophone. Yeah. And that guy's going to blow that fucking sax. And everyone's going to step back and let him blow that sax. Yeah. But it's also like got prog rock roots. There's a lot going on there. Okay. So I chalked up that dinner. Yes. This is how I explained it. Yeah, explain it. You guys got separated shortly thereafter. Yes. And, and I thought like, oh, fuck, I had so much fun on that double date. And then you're <laughs> stuck in this position where it's like, I've met you both equally and I liked you both equally. Oh and I'm God. like, well, what are we going to now invite, like, I guess Zoe out with us? Or, or do we invite Ben out with us? Oh, my God. That's how I explained it. Yeah. No, it's funny because he and I are all good. Yeah. Like, and for people who don't know, he was the singer of Death Cab for Cutie. Yes. And I love Death Cab. So yeah. I was thrilled to be talking yeah, to you. He's yeah. He's a super cool dude. Yeah. And then I started my show and I put out three records in like two. <laughs> years i was doing press for my show and then doing press for my record <laughs> yeah. while shooting my show mm. and then i did like snl i got nominated for a grammy or something it was like the most insane year of my life yeah. was that year and, and then you had a fucking double date with us I and, mean, that's and like then that on Apex. top of it all the cherry on the sunday <laughs> was my double date with you guys so it ended up being this really overwhelming year and then i just lost touch with you guys yeah and every time i see either of you guys in anything i'm like these guys are delightful why didn't we hang out but Same. i like, don't have your info or anything <laughs> we'll have to have another double date yes let's do that let's okay, do that with jonathan yeah yeah you'll love him he's a tall gentleman right He's six foot five. Fuck me. That'll be hard for me. He's going to tower over me, and that's a unique feeling for me. So it should be fun and He's novel. He's a very humble guy. You'll really like him. Okay, great. He's great. And I'm not tall, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, you can I guess always, I can, like, turn I, yeah. to me and tower over me. That's a great idea. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll find myself between you and Kristen. Yeah. And then we'll, we can do forced <laughs> perspective with him. We'll have him actually, like, a table over. Oh, my God. So everyone looking at us will think I'm as tall as him. This just made me think of something so funny that I thought of the other day that I was like, that was so humiliating and also funny that I used to do these makeup commercials a number of years ago and we would shoot them in London and I was like in my 30s and yeah. I would get there and they'd be like okay here's the scenario like you're out with your friends on the town oh my god and you're going to a club and then you're like get the London look they walk me on set and they're like, and these are your two best friends, like in the world oh of the commercial. God. And they're six foot four <laughs> Norwegian <laughs> models who don't speak English oh and God. are 16 years old. <laughs> and I'm like 34. Okay, I'm 34. I'm five foot four and they're six foot four. You oh don't ever I, see that. <laughs> that doesn't exist on planned earth. They used forced perspective to oh, make no. them taller. They put me way in the front and they put them way in the back and they're on like these Volkswagen Beetles oh with the London flag on them. Oh my um, gosh. And then we're all like, get the London look. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah. Like, I'm an actor. Like I'm not a model. And then they would put me in the car and oh. then they'd be like, you're talking to your friends. Like, and you guys are laughing and it's the best time. Like, right. And they're yeah. just filming like no sound. And they don't speak English and they're 16. I can imagine that being so hard for you in the exact same way it would be hard for me, which is like, I'm insecure. So I created this <laughs> whole thing and I believe in it and it's my safety vest. Yeah. And now you're asking me to be me, yeah. Dax, in your commercial. Yeah. 
but you want me to be a guy who's out on the town in London with some yeah. models. So it's like 20 I, years younger than me. And then you start going like, <laughs> I, I can't be me. This isn't me. Yeah. And you asked me to be me. This doesn't work. It was funny. And actually like, the first photo shoot I did for them, they photoshopped my face so much that I was unrecognizable. <laughs> I like face recognition. And then they were like, we're sorry. And I was like, did you know who you hired? <laughs> I mean, it was a positive experience ultimately and they were really nice, but yeah. it was just funny. I'm like an actor who's been working like my entire life, like and a musician who's been like slogging it out, like touring and like doing TV shows and it took me time to get to this place. Like I wasn't plucked off the street at 16 yeah. to do. And like they're in a very different position because they were walking down the street in Copenhagen and somebody was like, you are a model. And they were like, huh? And here they are being my best friend. It was yeah. just a funny thing. Yes. I couldn't relate to them, but of we were course. best friends. Yeah. So. so finally, your new podcast is called Welcome to Our Show. Yes. And you do it with Hannah and Lamorne. And I just want to say, we interviewed Lamorne and man, oh. I never watched a new girl. Just hadn't seen it. So I didn't know him. Yeah. So I literally real time met him and then fell so in love with oh. Him. What a fucking You know, guy. we've had, you're the last. We've had all four of you. Oh my God, really? We had Jake, yeah. Lamorne, oh. Max, and you. The show, though, is one of these which are cool and popular. My only experience really with listening to them is the It's Always Sunny guys have a yes. podcast and it's fucking yeah, fantastic. So and you know, my brother-in-law is on It's Always Sunny. And Who's your brother-in-law? David Hornsby. No way. Yes. That's why my kids think right. every person has a TV show. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because my boyfriend yep. has a TV show. Yep. My sister has a TV show. Yeah. My brother-in-law has a TV yeah. show. Like I trip out on that sometimes. And then I think like, well, it's just their childhood. There's nothing yeah. abnormal. But for me, it's so abstract coming from where yeah. I came from. But so you guys do talk a ton about New Girl. That's kind of what yeah. you do, right? Yeah. And have you had fun recording them? So much fun. That was the thing I missed most about doing the show. Like I had both my kids when I was working on my show. I was exhausted when we ended. My kids are one and a half years apart. Oh, fuck that. My daughter was like 20 months old and my son was a newborn and I went to Were you like pumping and shit in pumping. your trailer? Ugh. For the last four years of the show, I was either pregnant or pumping. Mm. And I was so tired when we ended that I wasn't focusing on how much I loved laughing with everybody. Like that cast and those writers, like that was my family. Like I saw them more than I did my family for a long sure. time. With those and, hours? Yeah. And so I really missed everybody and we would text all the time. So it kind of just came out of that. Right. And just that we were like, oh, I miss like the excuse to see these people. Like I'm not going to Zoom these people for four hours in a day unless we have an excuse. Yeah. I have a few different friends where it's like, it's embarrassing to say, but yeah. it's like if we don't, we got to figure something out professionally so we can hang because it's my that, only excuse I have to yes, go hang. That's how I think a lot of creative people do work though it is a very transient occupation where it's like you meet a group of people for three months then yes. you go and you don't and you miss them and you and love I have them a and you time keep with that yeah. yeah me too normal job you generally if you stay there for a while like the upside of it and then our job's no different the highlight mm -hmm. of the job is the people working there the connection that's why i'm always like stand-up comics are like a mystery to me because they're on stage by themselves when i'm playing music it's collaborative and then being on set it's collaborative i'm like stand-ups just stand there by themselves they write by themselves they perform by themselves yeah. they travel by themselves. When I write music, it's by myself usually, but generally, almost everything I do creatively, I love having somebody across from me, somebody yeah. next to me. Like, I love that connection is the stuff that comes across that people love. And that's, I think, one of the things people liked about the show was that you could see we all had these 
different connections with each other. And we would have like our own dynamics, like every actor pair. And then when we're all together, it's one thing. So I just really missed it and I enjoyed it. And then so it's been really lovely to get to like do that again because it was seven years. Well, I'm really, really excited to listen to a Welcome to Our Show. Yeah, I love talking to you. You're so much fun. This Again, fun. opposite and identical, and it's so neat. And it's available everywhere one could consume a podcast. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, January 24th, the month of your birth. That's month Your show is a yeah. Capricorn. The show is a Capricorn. And the show was supposed to come out my birthday, and then they were like, they actually pushed it, I think. Okay, okay. A okay. while ago. So the show's kind of an Aquarius, I guess, but. Oh, okay. Because I love an Aquarius, oh. too. <laughs> you love them all. I love them all. You love them. Is there, is there a sign you don't like? You can be honest. Or it's not that you don't like. Is there one that you don't? easily mesh with i have more friends that are certain signs than others that's there we for go. sure like okay. i have i'm gonna say a, a tauruses are like my jam that's april and may but then i also have a lot of aries friends because i have a weird cluster of april friends like so many and my son and my boyfriend are both tauruses and they're okay. both like sweet and then my daughter's a leo and i love leos like they're so fun and like she's sparkly and like yeah playful playful and like so mischievous like we'll play yeah. jokes on me <laughs> I think it's so funny you know there's stuff i like about all of them but all right well i adore you and we resolved this great mystery that was a fucking blind double date like no one knew anyone no i know it was such a good double date i give it a nine out of ten agreed like yes. i and i hope our double date with jonathan is as magical if we not might more. hit 10 and 11 i think maybe 11 okay let's do <laughs> it bring it back to spinal, spinal tap. tap yeah the Bigger the waistband, the deeper the quicksand. <laughs> all right, I love you. Thanks for driving oh all God. the way out here. Of course. <laughs> Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Wayfair. Home should be your happy place, a space where you can relax and just enjoy yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Whether you want the ultimate man cave, a cozy Victorian-inspired nook for reading, an area for family movie night filled with all things retro or something else. And if you need help creating that space, I recommend Wayfair. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas to dining tables, beds, rugs, wall art, and more. I bought a KitchenAid mixer, mixer on Wayfair. You can really get anything on there. And I'm helping a friend redo his living room. And we just... You're just on Wayfair on, nonstop. Yep. Yeah, it's one-stop shop. It is. They have fast, free shipping. They have everything you need for your home inside and out. They have a huge selection of home goods and a variety of styles. Whatever you're into, Wayfair is the go-to destination to help bring your vision to life. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, 
If you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. What time did you wake up? I woke up at seven. Okay. But then I went back to sleep. Oh, good. Till at nine. nine, nine till nine. Okay. No, at nine. Oh, okay. Till ten. Till ten, yeah. Yeah, I got up at five, mm. which was awesome. <laughs> and then it's always that that precarious thing where you're like, do I just fucking commit to? I'm awake. To being up. Yeah, like, do I try to turn this into some lemonade? So I guess my little tiny trick is I don't fight it. And then yeah. I try to convince myself I want to listen to my book. Oh. Which I don't. <laughs> Although the book is so unbelievably mind-shattering. That's a side note to earmark. Okay. But it worked. I think about 6.30 I fell back asleep mm. till, you know, 7.50. Okay. So pretty tired. Peace to, uh, yeah. But, but could be worse, yeah. you know. Lemonade. This is delicious lemonade. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's back to my book. Do you want to hear about my book? Yes. I think I've told you little pieces. Yeah, tell us. It's called The Weirdest People in the World, How the West Became Psychologically Peculiar and Particularly Prosperous by Joseph Henrik, who we must interview this guy, Wobby Wob, jot that down. But there's all these unique ways that the Western brain works psychologically. And I, I think I was telling you about the reading thing. Like first and foremost, like yeah. no one knew how to read in the 16th century. Like maybe some countries had 5% literacy rate. Yeah. But once Martin Luther came around with his new Bible, he's he like, the, everyone has to read the Bible. They have to have their own relationship with God. And so this huge campaign to get people to read the first schools. Yeah. And then within a minute, you have all these people reading. Well, that changes your brain reading. Yeah. It's such a bizarre function for your brain. And it ends up occupying so much of your brain that you lose like facial recognition powers. I mean, not entirely, but they diminish. Mm -hmm. Certain things diminish. That's crazy. And then also like just this kind of notion that forever in all the hunting and gathering societies, your only morality was your group morality because everyone else was really a threat. Yeah. And how hard that was to step out of and, and all the different mechanisms that happened. But anyways, the one I want to hit you with that kind of blew my mind, got into work. Mm. Something started happening in the 1600s that hadn't previously happened, which people started working more than they needed to work to meet their needs. Oh, interesting. And, and there was like a lot of different theories, but one of them was is like you would generally have gotten paid or traded for a activity, uh, an actual job, right? Uh -huh. Like uh, fucking plow that field. It's right. X amount of dollars. And they switched to an hourly system where you got an hourly wage. Oh. So then once that was an option for people, they chose to work longer than they needed to. To get more money. To get more money. But then the question was, why? Mm. And and that's also the arrival of now foreign goods because you have global oh, wow. navigation. So you have tea from China. You have watches are being manufactured. There's like all these. Tastier treats. Tastier treats and items to yeah. buy. So people were working longer just to buy items. But again, not so much because they needed those items, but it said 
who you were status-wise. Because now that we've dissolved the group dynamic and we're all living in individual houses and and singular families, you can't really know your status. Yeah, interesting. So these objects start representing that. Mm -hmm. It's all so bizarre. Like, I kind of just wake up thinking this is how people live. Right, without examining it. Like how? It's None of it's coincidental. Yeah. And like how much the church, the Catholic church, how many things they enacted to encourage people to go live in single family dwellings for inheritance reasons and all these other reasons they had. And Crazy. Yeah. Everything was like a campaign and we, and now we think so differently and we are, yeah, like it talks about like the, how novel impersonal relationships are that like you can go to a market and you trust the person you're buying fruit from that just would that never happened that's all wild that's really interesting we're very weird as the title suggests i don't necessarily trust the strawberry man i mean i trust that he's going to give me strawberries that aren't poisoned yeah but i don't like i'm not gonna you know trust him with your child. Correct. Sure. There's definitely <laughs> yeah, layers. Yeah. Uh, strata. I am pretty trusting, actually, now that I'm saying that out loud. It's not that you're, <laughs> if I could be, if I have a take on that. Uh-huh. It's not that you're trusting. It's that you just don't focus on a lot of stuff. There's like an area that you'll just like, you just roll along with something. Is that right? Or do you think you're actually doing a trust calculation? I'm not doing a trust calculation, but I'm, I'm assuming... Mm-hmm. Like the best. But I think out of convenience, right? Like it, it would be- Well, it's be... definitely inconvenient in my brain if all I'm doing all day is assuming I can't trust anyone. Well, totally. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it makes it, it's too overwhelming. Like you got to get a ride to the airport. So I, fuck, I have to do that. So I'm not even going to consider whether this guy was drinking earlier in the day. Yeah, like what's that going to do? It almost would create a, a state of paralysis, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I can't decide which, well, I think the move is to do that. It's like, you don't really have a choice but to trust everyone, so you might as well do it. And again, it's not a blanket trust for right. important things. Like if someone wants to hold your wallet because their hands are cold, a stranger, you don't you I don't need to do that. How cold are their hands? What's happening with their hands? It's they have frostbite? Out. No, it's 60 out. It's LA. Okay. Okay. They can have it. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, guess what I ate last night? What did you eat? I ordered Domino's. Yes, 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 yes. I had Domino's. The major at like comfort food. Eleven thirty. Ooh, um, flat and crispy extra sauce. Obviously, cheese yeah. uh-huh. only. Have you seen this Instagram video where they call? It's kind of a Howard Stern prank. Uh-uh. He has nothing to do with it, but. They hit send on a call to Papa John's and a call to Domino's oh. at the same time, and they put the phones next to each other. No. It's incredible. <laughs> First, it's the Papa John's guy. It's like, uh, thank you for calling Papa John's. You like uh, a, a medium for $7.99? And the, and the guy's like, what? No, no, this this is Domino's. <laughs> Do you want a, a medium for five ninety nine? Like, like they, they both, have a script they have. Yes, to they oh both have God. to say what their deal is. <laughs> and then the guy from Papa John's is like, what the fuck are you talking you're selling a fucking medium for five minutes. This is why you motherfuckers are like, no. He goes off. It's a pizza war. You sell the shittiest fucking pizzas <laughs> in the world. Like, no one's even asking why they're on the phone with each other. It just goes into a pizza war and it's hysterical. The Papa John's guy oh. is lighting up the Domino's guy about how cheap their food is. 
And then the fucking Domino's guy finally claps back. And it's, oh my God, it's hysterical. They're both talking as if they're the owners of the corporation, which I love. That's what you want an employee. Yeah, man, they must give like good benefits or something. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think either are necessarily. They got some loyal employees. They do. It'd be so easy for me to pull that up. Do it. Here it is. Salesman. <laughs> oh my god, that is incredible. You're a subpar pizza salesman. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, who just like ignite that? it. Should we try our own version of it? <laughs> yeah, who should we call? Oh my god. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, that is so funny. You, I've told you, of course, about the one that the one that Stern does is two different Chinese restaurants in Manhattan. And oh it is my god. And they do the same thing? They call each other? What they do is they place an order with one restaurant and then they say, hold on, will you repeat it to my wife? Let me grab her. Then they call a second Chinese restaurant and they're like, hey, such and such, what can I get for you? And then they put them, okay, go. And then they read back the order and then now the second Chinese restaurant doesn't offer some of those items. And they're like, no, no, we don't have, what do you mean we don't have? And then they just get in this explosive debate about like what they have and they don't have. And both people are trying to explain what they have and they don't have. Oh, that is so funny. I mean, it's hard because I, I hate pranks. In general, I'm against them because I would feel so scared and embarrassed if I was involved. Uh-huh. Uh, but they are funny. The only part for me that's a bummer is like you're kind of preying on people who already have a shitty job. But but beyond that, I actually think it's probably a really fun experience that there's no way that that happens in and it's on the Howard Stern show, and you don't find out. It's just like this great story. Oh yeah, for sure. The experience itself is fine. I think it's just the fact that you're already sitting there answering bozos' calls. I think it just depends on your history. Mm-hmm. I don't like being embarrassed. You never made pranks as a child? No, God, no. I, oh, my God. I, I do not like them. I mean, I was pranked once, and I cried. You did. What was the prank? It was really mean. Was it a three-way call situation? Uh-huh. Oh, and they trick you into saying something about the other person? No, oh. it was weird. It was two of my best friends, uh-huh. and they, one, they both called, but one was on silent or whatever they said that this guy liked me Uh but that my other friend liked him and so she was mad at me it was this weird very weird thing and then it was all a joke so and you, did you start crying on the call or after i you probably hung up? got off quickly probably and cried like immediately yeah. yeah i mean it was layered oh, obviously sure. that's your fear 
Because then you go, they had a little conversation before they even called me to make this plan. Well, not even, it's like also though, like somebody liked me and then they didn't like yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not the kind of pranks I, I calls I did. I would call someone's house and mind you, I was like nine. Yeah. And just ask if their refrigerator was running. Oh, yeah. You better go catch it. <laughs> you know that one? Yeah, I've heard okay. that. That's all classic. There's been a power outage. Are you guys suffering? No, no, our power's not. Are you sure? Is your refrigerator running? Um, yeah. Well, you better go catch it. And oh, wow. That was good. You had like a whole setup. Yeah. And then there was also, you called the grocery store and there was some food item. I want to say it was like Prince Albert or something. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Yes, we do. Uh, you better let them out. And then we'd hang out. Yeah. yeah. And then it got progressively more aggressive because when I was in high school, the Jerky Boys was a big thing. What's that? You don't know the Jerky Boys? Mildly racist, right? That you kicked my dog one. Yeah, now that I think about it, like one of them is, um, yeah, they do voices and they're... they're. But what, are they like a comedy they're, group? They're prank calls and like the one that made them really famous is they would call this muffler shop in their town and they would get into a fight with this guy named Red that worked there that just had a really short fuse. Oh. So they'd call me like, hey, hey, can we talk to Red? And then Red would get on the phone and go... Hey, how's it going, you fucking cocksucker? We just are going to come down. And they'd see how many times they could call him a cocksucker, whatever thing they'd try to slide. And they were being very friendly, but they kept throwing these oh. things. And then he he just would blow up and he I'm going to fucking beat you with my wrench and all this. It was crazy. Is it on the radio? Was it on the radio? Like, how did you hear it? It was like passed around the Jerky Boys tapes. Oh, tapes. You had to get your hands on it. I oh. think they then put out a um maybe a seven-inch album. There's a couple bars they called all the time. Oh, wow. And they do all these different different characters again yes some of them were, were non-white people um one of them i hate to report was uh, an indian gentleman mm. and he would go to the dentist was his thing and then he they would put him asleep and then he'd wake up and his teeth would be bleeding and his pants were down and he wanted to know what happened the indian man <laughs> it was them they were calling a real dentist office and saying this is what happened when the last time i was there oh my god my pants were down what happened to me <laughs> yeah, yeah, pranks aren't for yeah, me. Yeah, the, yeah, I just gotta own that one because someone will go like, "How could you even bring that up?" It, it was racist. I'm sure. Yeah, I bet a lot of it. I mostly yeah. remember the red stuff. It like resurfaced around like the Napster era too. Oh, it I did. Remember it passing it another, around that, and there uh, was a lot of racial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pranks yeah. in yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, uh, we haven't done any facts. Zoe, she's so fun. Shout out Mary Joe. We love you, Mary Jo. Yes. We dedicate this episode to you, Mary Jo. That's right. Uh, you know, the thing I walked away with happy about is that we got to see her savant out on music a little bit. Yeah. Like that, was, that wasn't a plan of mine, but it just naturally came up when totally. you start realizing like, oh, she has the deepest knowledge of uh, music. Yes. It's crazy. Okay. Zoe's dad. Uh-huh. Very uh, accomplished. And we talked a little bit about his awards and i was just gonna read a little bit yeah do caleb it. great name caleb is a good name mm -hmm. i like it yeah we i had a, a a location manager on hit and run named caleb duffy shout out caleb mm. loved him mm. greatest guy in the world okay he's been nominated for the academy award for best cinematography six times six times and he's i want to say he's won all six of those did he okay let's see only nominated Six times? Yeah, no wins. No. For yeah. Academy Awards, Wikipedia could be wrong. No, I don't know. I, I mean, if you're staring at it, that's where I thought I read it. All right. Well, still, I've not. I've been nominated for zero Academy Awards. Yeah. And will die unnominated. 
You don't know that. I don't know, but I don't, unless they add podcasts to it as a category. I don't you just really don't know. know. You have you a long life know. ahead. You're right. Quentin Tarantino could call me for his 10th film and I would want to act. A hundred percent. That's right. All right. Okay. Quentin, you're up. Hello. <laughs> just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This was interesting. What is the deal with sourdough? Said it's easier to digest, which it is. Um, but also, just to be clear, most of the things that I am reading are saying don't eat sourdough if you have celiac. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. It definitely has gluten in it. It's yes. just like a, a how much. Exactly. On Bon Appetit, Ooh, they get into it. Very, very trusted. Mm. Ding, 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 trust. Why some gluten sensitive people can eat sourdough bread? Because it tastes good. <laughs> Because they just deal with the pain. Nothing, nothing grills up as nice as sourdough. It's nice. Okay, the fermentation process that gives the bread its distinctive sour taste also makes it more gut-friendly. The same microbes that are in the soil are the same microbes that are in the pot of sourdough starter, which are the same microbes that are in our gut. Mm. The wild yeast and bacteria in a sourdough starter break down some of the carbohydrates and proteins found in the flour. When bread is made with the fast-rising yeast, the bacteria don't have time to do any pre-digesting. When you add baker's yeast, that speeds the process of the rising of the bread, and it doesn't give the fermenting event enough time to really happen. It should be a 12-hour-plus process for best digestibility. The process also breaks down a carbohydrate found in wheat called fructan. We know from our research that in a large proportion of people, it's the fructans in food that they're sensitive to as opposed to the gluten. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Let me write that word fruit down. Fructan. Oops. Fruit I mean- town. Okay, great. I'm writing it down. That's uh, a compound word, F-R-U-I-T-T-O-W-N? F-R-U-C-T-A-N-S. When you limit food containing gluten, you also limit exposure to fructans, which will help symptoms to those people. Mm. Anyway, that was a good fact. I hope people really take this to heart, uh, learn about fructans, and eat more sourdough. And grill it. And be liberal with the butter. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Without spoiling a future guest, we had a great chef on recently. Oh, my. And we got into this, this kind of truth, which is like, we ruined our food in the 70s. Like we started heavily processing everything. And then that caused us to all gain a ton of weight we didn't want. Yep. So then we're all on diets. <laughs> yeah. And this person's take was if you just ate real food, you kind of be fine. And that includes butter. This person's a big proponent of yeah. slathering butter all over everything. Ooh. I love it. Oh. Love it. Um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I loved her. Yeah. And maybe a fun update. Uh, yeah. We exchanged numbers, and then she sent me a video of her very nice and handsome and very tall boyfriend. Yes. And he said that he was willing to slouch just when he said hi and then back to his normal. <laughs> <laughs> it That's was a cute fun. video. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like a really fun, cute guy, and then I wanted to date him, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's how why it goes. She, why does she get to have all the fun? Yeah. We're mad. Yeah, now that I think about it, it's just me and Mary Jo. Uh, Zoe's out of the pick. All right. All righty. Love you. Love Love you. you.